Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So there's a theme that's kind of woven through the readings we have this morning, that first reading from uh, Esther, where she is laying herself prostrate before the Lord, begging him for intercession and mercy for him to hear her plea. And then, of course, the psalm we have in the, let me, let me get it right. I don't want to misquote it. Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. Right? Psalm 138. On the day I called for help, you answered me. And, of course, the gospel we just heard where Jesus says, ask and seek and knock and it will be given to you. All of those things. Those words especially the gospel, ask, it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. They're immensely comforting words. Just beautiful words. But here's, here's where it becomes difficult. And this is where I was just sitting with the Lord and just being really honest and vulnerable with him in my heart about this. They're beautiful words until we try and put them into practice. I mean, how many of us have had the experience of coming to the Lord, begging him for something, asking him for something, and it doesn't happen? Lord, please don't let this person I love die, at least not yet. Lord, please don't let this happen to my son, my daughter, my grandchild. Lord, make this go away. Please, God, let this happen. Open this door for me, God. And it seems like either the answer from heaven is no, or it's just silence. Ask, seek, and knock. Jesus, are you a liar? Are you cruel? Do you not care? Obviously, the answer is no. The only way to make sense of ask, seek, and knock The only way to make sense of that in relation to our lived experience of that is by looking deeper into what he says next. Because I think we, consciously or unconsciously, we carry in our hearts this this image of God sometimes, especially with this, as this genie vending machine God. You said to ask, and I ask, so you should give me what I want. Like I had this experience at the airport the other day. I don't know what was wrong with the vending machine, but I plugged in the thing. I wanted a bottle of water. That's all I wanted. And it kept giving me Mountain Dew. (laughs) That's not what I wanted. D7. I asked for D7. And it gave me Mountain Dew. (laughs) I'm like, I don't want this. Uh, The only way to make sense out of this is by looking at what Jesus says when he says that, the, that God is not a genie, he's a father. He's a father. And those of you who are fathers and grandfathers, your heart, and even mothers and grandmothers, your heart can enter into this. Because there are times, no doubt, when your kids asked you for something, and it was in alignment with what was good for them. And you were delighted to give it to them. But I'm sure there were other times when they asked for things that were misaligned with what was good for them or the ultimate goal of where they were needing to be and you said, because you love them, no, or not yet, right? Like, I can remember asking my dad 
you know, when I was nine, ten years old for Christmas. I, want a, I wanted a metal detector for Christmas. That was the big gift that I wanted. I asked for a metal detector. Christmas came. I got a metal detector, right? Ask, and good things are given to you. But I also remember when I was maybe 11 years old, my friend uh, Chris Linko, he and I had the brilliant idea of we were going to make a high ropes course in our backyard. 11-year-old engineers, we knew how to do this. I asked my dad if we can go to Ace Hardware to buy some rope and some carabiners. He said, what for? I said, oh, Chris and I are going to make a high ropes course in the backyard. And he was like, no, you're not. <laughs> I was absolutely incredulous that he said no. I could not believe that he said no to me. I get why he said no now. <laughs> we would have killed ourselves. God is like that. He's perfectly loving as a father. And some of the best answers to prayer that he can give us sometimes is no. Like when James and John come to Jesus and say to him, Lord, when you come into your glory, command that we sit at your right and at your left. And Jesus says to them, you, you don't know what you're asking. How often we come to him demanding or thinking, I think I know what's best for me. And the Lord's like, you don't know what you're asking. Like, here's the problem. We think sometimes that we're asking for a loaf of bread. We think we're asking for a fish. But because we can't see the full picture, we don't realize it's actually a stone. It's actually a scorpion. It's actually, actually a snake. Because we don't see the full picture. This is God's heart. It's the heart of a father who is always at all times willing our highest good which includes our suffering. He doesn't prevent us from experiencing the great intimacy, the gift of suffering. Because it brings us into communion with his son. I was thinking about uh, a line from C.S. Lewis where he says that he makes this distinction between fatherly love and grandfatherly love. Nothing against grandfathers. I love my grandfathers. But as grandpas, as you grandpas out there, you know there's a way you love your grandkids that's different than how you love your own kids, right? It's true. And this is what C.S. Lewis said. What would really satisfy us would be a God who said of anything we happen to like doing, what does it matter so long as they are contented? We want, in fact, not so much a father in heaven as a grandfather in heaven a senile benevolence who, as they say, liked to see young people enjoying themselves and whose plan for the universe was simply that it might be truly said at the end of each day, a good time was had by all. <laughs> we have a God who's not a grandfather but a father who begs us to trust him. He says, ask, seek, and knock. It's good. Be in relationship with me. Bring your heart to me. Bring your desires to me. Trust me. But at the end of the day, abandon yourself to my providence. Abandon yourself to the knowledge that I'm working out your salvation. That every circumstance of your life somehow is the most optimal situation or circumstance to bring about your greatest sanctification. If that weren't true, he wouldn't be good. He wouldn't be loving. So we have to abandon ourselves to him and trust. Again, it always comes back to trust. This is, I want to end with this. This is the prayer of abandonment by St. Charles de Foucault. This can be our prayer for the day. 
for our lives, I guess. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I'm ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence. For you are my Father. Amen.